0: It's tip-off time. The line, the jail. Welcome to ESPN Chicago's Fast Break with Jay Hood and Chris Black. Throws it to win it! No! Listen on your phone through the ESPN Chicago app, on FM at 100.3 HD2, and on AM at ESPN 1000. Watch the show on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago. Now here are your hosts, Jay Hood and Chris Black. All right, Jonathan, it's right
1: around the corner, the NBA season. That's right. I believe we're within 20 days. It's like 18 or 19 days before the Bulls tip off against the heat to kick off the NBA season. We had the media days on Monday around the National Basketball Association. And Jonathan Hood, Chris Black here with you on Fast Break. The NBA
0: season is upon us. It's time to talk hoops. Boy, that was quick, wasn't it? Yes. That was quick. Now, look, you and I are league guys. But just through the summer that we went through and dealing with, you know, Chicago sports and everything else in the Chicago Bears, all of a sudden, oh, by the way, here comes the league. Now, there was a time where the league would not start until like after Election Day, like November 4th, November 6th. But it's earlier now in October and it snuck up on us. It's like, here we go. And I cannot wait for the season to start. You know, the biggest news regarding the Bulls is some of the information that came out throughout the week and
1: with media day with uh, AK Donovan and the Bulls speaking to the media. Shams Arania today, uh, we're recording this on Thursday, uh, has reported that the Bulls and guard Lonzo Ball, he has had that knee surgery that was reported last week. Uh, And what Shams is saying is that there's confidence in the Bulls that there's the ability to return this season following left knee surgery on Wednesday. Doctors believe they've addressed the issue. Uh, They expect ball to miss at least a few months. Now, Jonathan, the, the point of bringing that up is what has plagued Lonzo is he had knee surgery back in January, was supposed to be ready for the playoffs, never was ready. He then takes some time off, was, was done running uh, to ramp back up to be ready for this season. Throughout the summer, things didn't go right, uh, yet no one really knew what was quite wrong with that left knee. Uh, Shams is reporting that the doctors believe the, uh, the issue has been addressed. So hopefully Lonzo, moving forward, can get back to rehab and, and join the team uh, sometime after December, I would, I would imagine.
0: So that's almost a full year chris without uh, playing basketball and the hope is if you're a bulls fan is that once he's back he is healthy and ready to go last time that we saw him ball and caruso along with uh, williams again sparingly did a really good job defensively but caruso and ball were at the top of the key and it gave you really good perimeter defense what i looked at with uh with ball when he first came to the bulls is man his shooting's gotten better you know you 're over a thirty five thirty six percent clip the uh, from three point range, and so now you 're starting to get a really good two way player. The hope is now that when he 's back and if that 's January of two thousand and twenty three then he 'll only be able to enhance what the bulls already have. They will be fine without him, but even better with him defensively and the ability to shoot the outside jumper
1: yeah and that 's where we 're going to have to see uh, some of the others, especially the guards, kind of step up. Uh, I think many are expecting Iodisumu to take another step in his uh, second season in the league. I would, I would basically I would pump the brakes just a little on assuming a huge jump, mm-hmm. but we know that Io brings great uh, tenacity on defense. He's a smart basketball player. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. He's a playable guy, right? He can give you 25 minutes a night and be a, a benefit to your team. I would just uh, kind of wait and see on if the offensive game takes that next step. If it does, then that will be fantastic for the Bulls because it's kind of something they've been waiting on Kobe White to do for the last couple of seasons.
0: Well, I I guess – from my standpoint chris is that I, I know that this team can score i know that there's enough offense to stay in a lot of ball games in the league my concern is what this team will look like defensively and it sounds like our preview show from last year when we looked at the roster and i told you chris i just think they're a little small in the rebounding edge right because when we see vucevic as much as i like him i mean that's you know, I think he's a solid player. I think he can be even better from three point range this upcoming season. But when you are 28th in the league in total rebounds per game, uh, that makes you a very average defensive team. And if some of this, if you're getting something from Drogic or from Dasumu that can help out defensively at the point guard spot, I'll definitely take it. It is next man up. From the point guard spot uh, for this team, but I'm really concerned about how the Bulls can stop the ball from penetrating guards, from uh, wide-open threes. That's a concern for me because you know Billy Donovan's teams get up and down the floor, but they don't defend enough.
1: No, no doubt. Uh, I agree with you to that point, and I think that's the difference what we saw when when this team was playing well in December, uh, heading into January last year, and they were the best team in the East. Mm -hmm. It was because of the defense. Right, like it was, it was defensive-minded style of play from from uh, Caruso, uh, from Io, from uh, Derrick Jones coming off the bench and kind of mixing it up, and then allowing kind of the guys who are just supposed to be scores, Zach and DeRozan, to kind of do their thing, and it it actually made a lot of sense. Lonzo had a lot to do with that, and so with him out, that's where they're going to have to pick up on the defensive end from the other guards. You know, Jonathan, on Monday for the uh, media day, here on, here on the podcast, we don't play uh, sound from people too often. Uh, we Ooh. do on the show from Fast Break when we're on the air. Sure. But we we don't. You, we just kind of talk here. Uh, I did want to play something for you, though, because I thought it was interesting. Karas Chovis was asked, I think it was by Joe Cowley, AK was asked whether or not he questions running it back with this group after seeing all the different moves that were made in the Eastern Conference this offseason, right? Like it was kind of the Bulls kind of made a point that they weren't really going to do anything crazy. And a lot of teams improved around the East 76ers, you know, like there, there are some big, and then obviously Brooklyn getting back their two stars. Uh, here's a K on whether or not they question now the decision to run it back for this season after seeing all the different movement that took place in the Eastern Conference this summer?
2: It doesn't change. It's just because I don't think we saw our group with any kind of consistency. Uh, We had 29 different starting lineups last year. Um, You know, we didn't have Lonzo since January, so it's been, you know, 50, whatever, three games. Uh, We played without him. So, you know, uh, I think uh, we need to see, you know, we need time to see this group play together uh, longer to have any kind of conclusion because we we liked what we saw in the first 20 games. Um, But I think this this group needs a lot more time and uh, the things that we're going to focus on because it's it's a lot of talent of this team. Uh, The things that we're going to focus on is chemistry and team cohesion and relationships um, because we all understand that you know, the talent wins games and relationships win championships. So we're trying to move towards, you know, with winning in mind, and everything that we do in our building is thinking about, you know, winning. Jonathan Hood. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Jonathan Hood, yes. Hold on a second. Uh-huh. Now, that's the first
0: time I've ever heard that in my uh-huh. career, <laughs> or ever hear this as a fan. Relationships win championships. we are going to focus on relationships. So we're going to go out and we're going to be steady. Uh-huh. And we're going to uh-huh. be – I mean, that's that's how you – Yeah, you we're going to have a couple of team events. We're going
1: to go to uh, – we're going to have some off-sites. Huh. Uh, we're going to do some – we're going to have some meals. Uh, we're we're going to drink. We're going to hmm. enjoy uh, company. Uh, we're going to have uh, someone come in and uh, do um, – they're gonna uh, come in and do magic for us. So, magic, yeah, oh, it's yeah. Joe Madden. Ma- oh, yeah, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it, well, it's gonna be team building uh, activities, right? And it's gonna. Uh, so, your thoughts on hearing that from AK hmm. on Monday? He was questioned whether or not the Bulls regret on making a, a drastic moves here in the off season, trying to get uh, better players on the roster. Hmm. And that was uh response. What do you think of
0: that? Well. I think that if he feels that the Bulls just running it back with this core is good enough, that's fine. That sounds like a guy that feels like he's going to be in the job for a decade because he feels like he has the the room to be able to say, let's take a look at this roster. If we get bounced in the first round, then you need to make changes. Now, if it's my team, I'm not making drastic changes, Chris, but I got to figure out now how can I bolster the, sp- the small forward spot after DeMar DeRozan? Because... DeRozan was going to go into his fourth, 14th season. Will he be as good this season as he was last? If you are a smart GM, you got to figure out, well, I got to do better than uh, Derrick Jones Jr. or Javante Green as a backup, you know, a small forward. So, listen, the core is good enough to compete. I would agree. However, if you are bounced in the, in the first round, or if God bless in the second round, if you can get there, it's great. In a very tough East, then I think that you have to take a look at how you could change the the supporting cast. Because, you know, Levine isn't going anywhere. Patrick Williams and Vucevic are part of this core. And so what about the rest of them? So I, I would push back on that a little bit and say the Bulls should have been better than just getting Drummond and Drogic in the off season. Yeah, I, I heard that on Monday and I was yeah. like, huh, all right. There's a, there's a soundbite for
1: the podcast because mm-hmm. uh, it is interesting. The East is better, and I think if you wanted to play the game of putting it down on paper and trying to find out who makes the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if many people have the Bulls in the playing game uh, and, and wow. not, not as a one through six solidified uh, playoff team without having to play to get in. Uh, I'm not gonna be surprised when people start saying that as we head into the season. I think they're better than that. i I do agree with him to a certain extent. At times last year, they're very good. Mm-hmm. But then also, like, is Vooch fading or is he going to improve and be the three point shooter we saw two years ago? I, I, I think there's there's a lot with this team that guys have to get better. Uh, and then also the the best player on the team and the franchise face who got the new contract in the offseason, Zach Levine needs to take it to a new level.
0: I don't know if he can do that. Well, what else do you want want to see, Chris? I mean, you see the numbers from Zach Levine, and you know that he could fill it up. And so to answer my own question, what else do you want to see? Uh, you want to see more heroics in the fourth quarter? Do you have a closer on this roster that you can put the ball in his hands and he can help you from a you know six to eight point deficit in the fourth quarter? Can he shoot you back into a game on a regular basis because that 's what closers do don't they yeah yeah it's it's that it's the uh, turnovers in
1: bad spots at the end of games it's decision making it's also playing that consistent defense the entire season. I I don't don't, like the the season is not made in December. Mm -hmm. Like I get it. Stacy was touting how great Zach's defense was improved. Sure. On on the NBC sports broadcast early in the season, no doubt. But by the time we were hosting fast break after the all-star break on, on Saturday afternoons, Mm -hmm. there were many times where it was like, hold up all that talk about Zach improving defensively. That has kind of slipped away as the season has gone on.
0: Well, he was inconsistent in the lineup himself because he had COVID three or four times.
1: Well, yeah, right.
0: Yeah, everybody's defense was good when the Bulls were 38-21 and 21 in first place leading into the All-Star break. Sure. Sure. So, I mean, everybody everybody was connected then because they were beating upper echelon teams that i I'll never forget that West Coast trip where it's like those games like ah the Bulls are not gonna get it. oh, they're beating the boom, Clippers or Denver. Boom. Yeah, Lakers, knocking like, off teams. Like,
1: oh, okay. You know, and then and then it flipped towards the end of the season, every big matchup against a top team, they lost and they, they were getting blown out in in, a, in the majority of those games. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but the, the stat was like 0 and seventeen that's against, correct against like top three or four playoff seeds in each conference by the time we got to the end of the season
0: uh, so so this is why you say Hey, maybe you could have made a few changes. And again, it's not the starting lineup as much as it is tweaks off the bench, uh, a little bit more size. You want to get some rebounding. You want get to get better defensively because if you're watching the season and you're seeing you're getting blown off the floor against upper echelon teams where the Bulls are good, but not good against the top uh, level of the East and West, uh, that's a problem. But... From Connor Shelby's standpoint, he preaches patience. you know why comes from Denver because all you had to in Denver, all you do is is have patience yeah you waiting. you you win fifty plus games and get bounced in the first round. That's just a tough West when he was uh, in the front office of the Denver nuggets he's doing this same thing with the bulls. All I'll tell you is this, Chris, mm-hmm. we take a look at this Eastern conference and we can go through it. You know, I I was just looking quickly at Vegas Insider and there's a couple other places where they have the uh, the total for Bulls wins at forty two and a half. Um, I've seen it as low as thirty nine in a couple of places, and that won't get the job done. They won forty six games last year. Uh huh. So that they're talking about uh, just one website has slippage. Yeah, they, they will they'll win forty two. They they say the over under is forty two. So forty two
1: wins. Would put them at 11th in the east last season, the yep. hornets were tenth and they had 43 wins. what does that say yeah well and, and that's that's why like we, we started this conversation by by the the idea that a lot of people are going to be picking the bulls to go backwards this year
0: but, but and again, there's nothing wrong with the team as far as its core you you can, you can win with this team, you know that like let me make sure it's clear yeah, you could. I, yeah, well, let me make sure it's clear because making the playoffs is great. That's one of your goals at for any team to be in the postseason. The Bulls last year were in the playoffs for the first time since 2017. And uh, that that uh, 46 and 36 record uh, since 2017, pretty nice. I like that. You had DeRose, you had Ball, you had Caruso. But and but I look at it as you're good, but we should go through the East and take a look because you look at the 1-2 Punches or the one-two-three punches in this Eastern Conference, and then you compare it to the Bulls, and then you tell me if that if that forty-two number is right or not. I think it, I think it's low. I, I think the team is better than the the forty-two. All right. Well, let's go um, to Milwaukee Let's go to Milwaukee at fifty-one and thirty-one last year. They, as you know, how strong that team is a Holiday and uh, and Middleton and Giannis. I mean, they'll, they'll have something to say this year, right? Sure. I would, no doubt. I, I think Philly will be better. Philly? Uh, P.J. You?
1: Tucker is there now, and, and I, I think he brings a lot to the table, not only from shooting, but he, he also can play great defense. He would have a nice ball, wouldn't he? He would have been. Uh, Toronto may be a team that could, could take a step back, like many the Bulls are. All right. Brooklyn takes a step forward because you get a full-time Kyrie Irving.
0: Yeah, team dysfunction.
1: They sold the talent, though. Like that's well, a scary thing.
0: Well, let's see if the talent stays together for eighty-two games. Yeah, like, like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that they won't. I'm just saying that Simmons is saying all the right things on NBA radio and in interviews he's doing. I actually saw him as on Ball Is Life shooting threes. Did you see that clip? Yeah. yeah. Okay, we'll see. I mean, Steve Nash said today, as we record this, that he says, "I don't care if Simmons never shoots a, a basketball for the Brooklyn Nets." Okay, okay, you're a basketball guy, uh, Hall of Famer. Okay. You don't care if Simmons doesn't shoot the basketball? Okay. That's why I said let's keep our eyes on that. So, but I would agree, talent-wise, better than Bulls, yes. I don't think, uh, well,
1: I'll give you this, Cleveland's going to be better.
0: Yes, my partner keeps saying, he can't guard. The Who? dude can score 21 points a game. I don't care if Dom he can't Mitchell? Guard. Yeah.
1: Of course he can Neither can Zach Levine. You know the difference is? The Cavs have young talent.
0: I think they're going to be very good this year. I mean, their 44 wins uh, last year, Donovan Mitchell gets them closer to the 50-win mark. Totally agree. Um, Atlanta will be right in the conversation.
1: Sure. Charlotte, eh, I'm not as no, interested in the Hornets, but no, they no, won 43 last no, year. They'll have something to say, though. Yeah, they'll they will. have won't. something to say. The Knicks won 37. Yeah, Jalen Brunson. I don't know if that necessarily catapults you into the playoffs, but... They won't make it. Yeah. I mean, do you see a team out of those in the
0: top 10? Did you say Miami? I think you skipped Miami.
1: Miami, yeah. Miami will be in the conversation for sure. Okay. All right. So so out of the 10 that qualify for the play-in and then the playoff teams, I don't see any of them except for maybe
0: the Hornets just dropping out. The Hornets, the Raptors, the Bulls, and, and the Hawks are in the same bag for me. Sure. Okay. Is that fair or no? Yeah, that's a fair grouping. Okay, because and, but, you, you could argue that
1: Raptors, Bulls, Hawks, Hornets—that those are the the four playing teams.
0: I think that's I think that's accurate. Um, and, and so the one thing I'll ask is because of what happened with the Udoka and the in the Celtics uh, with him being suspended for a year. Yeah, how does that affect the Celtics? Because one of the unsung heroes of last year is Udoka pushing the celtics there was real coaching you can see yeah. watching the celtics not like it's not like oh he looks good in the suit or someone is just very good when they put the mic on you know on espn or tnt he's saying all the right things no you could actually see the coaching and the adjustments from one half to the other with a doka as a head coach without that does that what does that do? I know their their win totals off the board. <laughs> so now that Mazzola is the head coach, um, the assistant now moves over sixteen inches as the head coach is the interim. I don't know what that does. I know they're gonna be good, but we gotta keep our eyes on that story. You know, and and also with,
1: with the Celtics, how long Robert Williams is out is gonna be a big deal too. Mm-hmm. Um, in the playoffs and in the the finals, he was a game changer defensively. Uh, and Udoka really did coach them up, and and what was the like theme of of the Celtics last year? It was a team that like openly admitted that the players didn't like each other. Yes, but they found a way to coexist and to win basketball games. And I think Emmy Udoka was a a big part of why that team stuck together and and played great defense and and kind of got to the point that they were in the finals. Uh, Yeah, I I think what was weird to me from media day is how almost to a man, it sounded like the players don't even know what's going on, and they sound confused by the suspension and the situation and what's taking place. Uh, So for a group that needed kind of someone to, to bond them together, I could see a step back, but they have a lot of talent, and they're still better than teams like Atlanta and Charlotte. So
0: I think they're still a playoff team, but I could—I don't see necessarily a run to the finals. It's strange, Chris, because I'm sure without being in that locker room, I've not made a, made a call to people I know that cover the Celtics or around that organization yet, because uh, we haven't gotten to the season. Because I just wanted to simmer a little bit before we get to the regular season. I wonder if there are some celtics that have a, have given the organization a side eye saying why did you expose this or why are you suspending him we had har- you know we have harmony now you know jalen brown and uh Jalen Brown is getting along with uh, Tatum, with Tatum, so everything's fine Mark is there. Smart too. Yeah, so they all getting along. Why did you suspend our coach? Yeah, why couldn't you kept the, I'm sure it's a lot of that too. Like, why would you mess up our chemistry? And now I wonder is there's some backlash from some of the players about the Celtics organization about what happened?
1: Yeah, and what's wild is like guys saying that they weren't told about it until they saw it on social media. Mm-hmm. Or, like, they don't – like, didn't Marcus Smart say on Monday that he still doesn't even know what's going on? That's right. Like, so remove the conversation about the actual uh, suspension and the the uh, situation around Udoka. Yeah. Isn't it weird that the, like, PR strategy from the Celtics wasn't even to prepare the players on what they should – Kind of know or, or now I get that there could be such, there could be things within this situation that the players cannot be told for like legal reasons. But like, isn't it weird that like they sent them out for media day and players are like openly talking about how they didn't know what was happening or why
0: it happened or what's going on with their coach? Well, that's a bad job by Brad Stevens, that's a bad job by, uh, by Wick the you know, the front office there. You you gotta you gotta say something before you go to the media. You can say what you gotta say right legally and saying, Hey, the head coach of this basketball team um had a consensual relationship with someone that works here, which is something that you cannot do and so we are reprimanding adoka for a year because of that um i know and that whole thing is a slippery slope too the conversation of well it was consensual relationship the point is though is that you got to declare you got to say something right you've got to yeah. be able to tell the celtics hey i have a relationship with someone here uh in the front office i just want you to know so that way you're not sued so that way you're not put uh, taken off guard i'm I am having a sexual personal relationship with X, whatever the lady's name is. Even at our, even at our company, you got to declare. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I, I just think it was.
1: It's now maybe they didn't have a choice based on how it kind of played out and the timing of it, but it just seems weird to me that you had players openly questioning what was going on it's a bad job especially if it's like way worse than what ha- has even been out there like at that point you like you can't have players out there being like i don't know what's going on around here you know what i mean
0: like yeah like that to me is just a weird strategy overall from the celtics it's but you know what chris as a professional no matter what's happening. This team should be good enough. Now, are they 51-31 and 31 good? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe a
1: lot of that has to do with Williams being out at the start of the season. From, um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I agree with you. They should be professional enough to at least get you
0: the fifth spot, sixth spot, being in that combo. I'll tell you one thing for the Bulls. This will be a dogfight because, because, remember last year, Look at the the heat actually were the number 1 seed. The Celtics came out, out of all of that that yeah. rubble. Uh, the Bucks are were good but not good enough. Sixers good but not good enough. The high watermark in the west was the Suns at 64 wins and then the Memphis, a scrappy, strong Memphis team with 56. Nobody had 56 wins in the east because everyone was was fighting one another. The Bulls actually at one point as we mentioned were the number 1 seed and and Bulls fans were like pounding their chests like yeah and you drop to six. That's how tough the East is. (laughs) And remember,
1: this summer, uh, James Harden has said that he got into shape because he doesn't care about anything outside of winning. So James Harden claims he's going to be back to the old James Harden this season. He said he dropped 100 pounds.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. All he cares about is winning. You know what? You know what? he prob that's probably right. That's probably right. All he cares about is winning, but the way he goes about it, hopscatching across this country is a problem. Yeah. Now he's under the, the embrace of the Sixers management now, so he's going to be okay. But I, I I told you this two years ago or maybe a year ago, and I still feel strongly about it. The new U S citizen, Joel Embiid, (laughs) who says it's it's a blessing to be an American. Um, We'll leave the Sixers and get tired of James Harden. That'll be good because I think the Bulls will be ready to chase a star at that point. I, 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 uh, Chris, I, I, that I have that ticket still in my back pocket and I'll be glad to pull it out when, when the, when Joel Embiid officially says I've had enough. I love that. I love <laughs> the it. ticket is still there.
1: <laughs> I love it so much.
0: Yeah. So, so there's that. And so, Uh, Speaking of the Suns, we talked about them, just talked about their 64 and 18 mark. Robert Sarver, out of the NBA. Chris, let me tell you something about Robert Sarver. So Robert Sarver is someone who thought that he could walk around the halls or or do business the way he wants to by using the N-word and uh, being misogynistic, and uh, those claims apparently were true. His statement—I don't have it in front of me—so I'll just paraphrase the statement from Sarver, just talking about how you know I'm going to sell uh, the Suns, I'm going to sell my team because of the nature and the climate of today, nature being and the politically climate. correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I just tell you something? You know, for Robert Sarver, if you want to go around spotting the N word and be misogynistic and you know live life the w- way you want to, go right ahead. But just understand. That there's always gonna be ramifications for your actions. Be who you wanna be, but you are in a league that's 80% black. You think that you can go around and doing these things and saying these things and think that businesses are going to come flocking to you? The Suns are at the top of the West uh, uh, last year. They're a team that's going to be a perennial playoff team. PayPal got off of of the uniforms of the Suns so quickly when they found out about Robert Sarver and when when they had the investigation of Sarver. They're like, nah, I don't want to do business with you. And all of a sudden, sponsors starts dropping. Well, what happened? Because of the climate, because the way things are now, I mean, I have to sell. You have to sell because you're an ass. That's why.
1: 100%. Uh, there's no room for it in the league or anywhere. Uh, as you said, like if that's how he wants to live his life, mm-hmm. go for it. But like if he was a restaurant owner, I'm not going to your restaurant. Uh, so I'm not going to support your team if I'm a sponsor or a partner uh, in the Phoenix area if that guy still owns the team. Adrian Wojnowski put out that uh, article talking about it after the, the original article of the reports came out mm-hmm. saying that billionaires perked up when they saw that Phoenix might be available to be uh, purchased in the NBA because it's a sleeping giant, a hot spot, It's a Western city, great weather, uh, and the potential to kind of turn them into a major player for free agency down the road, much like Miami, Los Angeles, some of the other spots that that free agents flock to. Uh, So good riddance. You're not welcome in the league. Uh, You can't force necessarily owners out, but if he wants to blame the climate on him being uh, a terrible person, then okay, we'll take it, right? Like if that's how it has to happen is you saying that it's the climate that's the problem. Now I think ideally people would like uh, Adam Silver to just step in and take the franchise from someone Who's going to definitely profit from this sale of the Phoenix Suns, um, like he did for Donald Sterling? But unfortunately, it doesn't seem as if that's going to take place here. But at least he won't be the owner. Uh, hopefully, after the the pro- the progression of selling off the franchise takes takes
0: hold. Mm, Silver was a little shaky in his press conference. By the way, I don't. It's the first time that I saw him a little bit unsettled over this whole thing with Robert Sarver. Not saying that he didn't want to, uh, or or it's not like he wanted Sarver to stay, clearly, based on what was going on. But I thought right. that was kind of the most shaky that I've seen him in the press conference and didn't answer questions uh, that well. But I guess the the angle to this uh, about the Suns, Chris, is, so how does this affect the Suns? And, you know, we talked about the Celtics and how it affects them without having uh, Imei Odoka as the head coach how can you cheat on Nia Long? She's so fine. Um, but when it comes to the Suns, what is this? What happens now? This business as usual? Will the Suns be as strong without Sarver? I don't think it necessarily
1: affects the on the court situation, mm-hmm. um, especially if if he, they do get sold to Jeff Bezos. Who's been rumored to be interested? Or uh, the other name would be uh, Bob uh, Iger, right? The former Disney CEO. If someone like that comes in with billions of dollars and buys the team, then I, I think everything's fine. I, I think what I found interesting from Media Day from the Suns, DeAndre Ayton said that he has not talked to Mon- Monty Williams since the end of last season. I read that. What's is everything okay there? Uh, so. Yes and no. Uh, so, with, you know, the way it worked with the Suns, they, they signed the qualifying offer, right, the restrictive yeah. free agent offer with Aiton. Aiton was, like, locked in, ready to go to the Pacers, uh, and then the Suns decided to bring him back when other things were kind of falling through for them. Monty says that what Aiton said is true, but the reasoning is that he didn't want to talk to any of the players throughout the summer because he wanted to let them just uh, be individuals and to, to work on their game throughout the summer and not worry about being coached up by him because they've they've heard way too much from him uh, throughout the season. So that he clarified that because, like, Aiton's comments made it seem as if uh, they didn't even see each other, but – Monty said that like they were both in the facility at the same time throughout the summer working, and that Monty specifically didn't go out on the court to like coach up players because he wanted them to let them just like have their
0: summer. Well, I tell you one thing: this Monty Williams, he is no Donovan. Billy Donovan I mean did, Billy Donovan was went to Slovenia to see Drogic. he got he he got on a plane to see him and he went to go see Drummond like a college coach yeah what's wrong with you monty why don't you talk to your players it's uh, it's a
1: it's a different approach but also with a player specifically who basically he was out, right like he wasn't getting minutes at the end of uh games in the playoffs last year uh disappointing end to the sun's run and then also he thought he was going somewhere else. Uh, but, I mean, Ayton's from the area. He went to Arizona. He, he's going to be a son going forward. I think they can still win with him. So I, I think it will it, work out in the end. But I don't think the Starver thing will affect the basketball team.
0: Okay. All right, my friend. Uh, do we have something in the mailbag? Yeah, let's take a look at the
1: mailbag. We have a couple there. Uh, oh. Let's see. Uh, Wayne wants to know which player do the Bulls need to take the biggest leap in order to surpass last season's results.
0: Hmm, what do you think?
1: Well, my answer is Patrick Williams. Hmm. Patrick Williams needs to become uh, a budding superstar for this team to kind of get to the next next spot.
0: I think that's the answer, Patrick Williams. I think that's good. I think that's fair. Uh, can I get uh, can I get tw- 20 points? No, that's too much. Can I get... Uh, sorry. Right. That'd be nice. Yeah, I forgot about Levine. Uh, he's going to be shooting the ball.
1: Um, 20 and 8,
0: maybe? That'd be nice. Oh, I was. can I get 15 and 8? Okay, that, that would be progress, right? Yeah, can I get 15 and 8 from him? And also, can I get 10 and 5 from Drummond? Ooh. That that might be a tougher
1: way to go. Well, I mean, listen. Drummond I mean, has that much to offer still?
0: It's funny. I'm watching as we as we do this, you know, it's on NBA TV. I'm watching uh the Hawks and the Nets. Some random game from yeah. last year. And I'm watching Drummond. He's out there in the fourth quarter, man. Oh yeah. For the Nets, I mean, I'm watching him. Um well, right. I got you down for that. And
1: now, uh, Williams, to, to your um, asking for 15, he had nine uh, points per game, and he had four rebounds per last year. So if he could give us 15 and, and eight, almost double the, the production rebounding, but
0: uh, getting at least to 15 points per game offensively, that would be pretty good. I think Casey Johnson asked, to could we see Vucevic and Drummond on the floor at the same time? I think that's something that, uh, that Donovan said we could see. Yeah. Well, you need rebounding. And, like, yeah. I, listen, I know that you get the garbage rebounds from Vucevic. He'll give you 20 and 10. That's, I don't think there's any question I, some nights he could do that. How
1: would you round out that? So then you would go to Rosen, Caruso, Zach? I could yep. see that. Yeah. I could see it. It would be a little light offensively, I think. But I, I could see it. Mm-hmm. The, the other two would have to
0: score a bunch then. Well, DeRozan, again, Derozan is in fourteenth season, so uh, CJ on uh, your Facebook wall says,
1: "I don't expect Lonzo to be back for some time, if at all, this season." Does Io get the call to start at point guard, or do they go with someone with experience like Goran
0: Dragic? Yeah, so that's a, I think that's the key question. So opening night for the Bulls is Dragic better off the bench, or do you go Io in that spot? I think uh, I'm ruling
1: out uh, Kobe White, right? Because no one wants to play him. No. no. Uh, and then I'm also ruling out Caruso because he needs to lead the second unit. Correct. Uh, so so I think you're right, and CJ's right, pointing out the two individuals who would be up for. It. I would start Io. Mm. And I would hope that Io could be at least uh, reliable in taking care of the basketball and in playing defense and then allowing others to facilitate offense and then you could come in with Goran off the bench with Caruso and like mix in minutes with Kobe White. I, I think that would make a lot of sense.
0: So where does Costas and Akumpo fit in?
1: Uh so there's there's a role <laughs> for a team. Every team's got a guy that's in the uniform, the the warm-ups, but he doesn't actually have the uniform on under uh-huh. the warm-ups. And he's there to support his teammates.
0: Uh-huh. He's there to support. He's 6'10. He can't get on the floor? Yeah, that, pro- is- probably probably not. Yeah, probably. I think that he's there to try to get Giannis here for the next couple of years.
1: And that's fine. I like that strategy.
0: That strategy <laughs> makes a lot of sense to me.
1: A recruiter. <laughs> I like it.
0: Okay. I'm just asking the question. Like, I like it. Drogic in in short bursts I think can really be good. A, a veteran guard, I think it's fine. I got no problem with that pickup as long as he just is in there in spurts, Chris. Well, like, I no. mean – Heck, yeah.
1: he played a lot of minutes in the Euros that just finished a couple weeks ago. Yeah. He was awesome. He was playing yeah. some big minutes. So, I mean, he can still play. But you're right. For an 82-game season, you don't want to rely no. on, on him to, to kind of get you through at the point guard position. But I think that's where we, we hope that Iowa takes it to the next level.
0: With 30 seconds left, I want everyone to know that you want to see some hoops. Chris, be, Chris and I will be watching. Hoops. 5 a.m. on Friday. Golden State Washington on NBA TV. That's the first game, brother. Where are they? They're in China. I think so. Yeah, I think I think they're um... DVR it. Yeah, it's gonna be early. Yes, all right, let's yes. do it. It is in Japan. So yes, yeah, oh, Japan. So, okay. Yeah. So so Golden State, Washington, five a.m. Friday the thirtieth. There you go. Watch it. The season right Washington, around the corner. There's two preseason games. Also, there's a uh, there's a Clipper game as well. The Clippers will be out there. Ooh. All right. It's pretty good. I think it's Maccabi. I think that's Maccabi yeah. Tel Aviv. Yes, that's in Seattle. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <I'm> just, <laughs> yes, that's in Seattle. It's close to Japan. <laughs> yeah, it's out there. So there you go.
1: All right, Jonathan. Follow Jonathan on Twitter at TweetJHood. You can listen to Jonathan weekday mornings, Cap and J Hood, right here on ESPN One Thousand Chicago's home for sports. Can you hear me? on am Bluckin' Abdallah. Weeknight, 6 to 8, right here on ESPN 1000. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will have another fast break right around the corner. Like I said, the season is, what, just under 20 days away. Yeah, 19 days away. Woo. Here we go.
0: NBA is yeah. just right around the corner. Let's do it. In this, pre- in this spot, we'll have our full NBA preview show, so look forward to it right here on fast break. I'll keep my notes here for that show. Hmm.
1: Kawhi. Some loose change within the notes?
0: <laughs> i just saying, it's a lot of stuff here. Got a lot of stuff for our preview show. I'm getting it ready. I have John Wall and Kawhi Leonard thoughts. All right. Talk to you later. Hmm. Paul George.